G'day community and welcome to another episode of Tradio. A little bit has happened since the last time a Tradio happened. Joining me as he has done the last couple of weeks is Lekdog. How are you, mate? Damo, I'm fantastic. A pleasure to be here. It's almost, we've almost done with this shitty, shitty thing we call the footy season. We're almost into the most important part of the year and that is the trade and free agency period. All very exciting. The rumors are ramping up. All the t- trade talk is ramping up and seems like every player has requested a destination, even if it's, I want to stay at the club I'm at. But first, before we get into that, we should probably plug our sponsor. Yes, we should. We're once again brought to you by Manscaped. They're sponsoring us through to the end of the year. It's your support at home. People have been ordering using our code, which we'll get to in a sec, that have been getting them on board and keeping the show up and running. The website fees, the podcasting hosting fees, it all goes that. So thank you very much. Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life. Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless winning machine, and when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. Manscaped would like to announce the best, biggest, ultimate hygiene bundle. The Platinum Package 4.0 is now available in Australia. They sent us a bunch of stuff, Damo, and you can get involved by going to manscaped.com, getting 20% off and free shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K. Now, they, they, they sent us... Uh, everything demo i i've had the privilege obviously i don't have hair on much of my body so the uh shampoo conditioner it hasn't been super helpful to me i have used on the in the mustache which has been getting compliments but i've been thoroughly enjoying the body wash and then there's uh, uh they sent us some manscaped lip balm as well demo which you might hear in my voice i'm a little under the weather and that has been uh very good for my chafed and very sore lips all very good products, yeah. I I haven't had the pleasure of using any of it yet, um, but I know that when I do, I I will be pretty happy with the um, results because it all is getting very good reviews, and I'm very keen to try out to try it out. Yep. So the platinum package, you get your lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, your weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, your ultra premium body watch, ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner, ultra premium deodorant, crop preserver, anti chafing ball deodorant, crop reviver, ball spray toner, anti chafing boxes, boxes, and a bag to put that all in. So to get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Jock J O C K at manscaped.com, that's twenty percent off. And free shipping at manscaped.com using the code J-O-C-K-JOCK. It's time you enjoyed the finer things in life and get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package. Back to you, Demo. So as we said, a bit has happened since the last time a Tradio episode came out. Let's start with the most important thing. Well, it's not the most important thing because it's actually a, quite a controversial thing, to be honest. Um, North Melbourne has received their assistant package, which included um, two extra rookie spots on their rookie list, but also a future second and future third round selection that must be untraded. This doesn't feel like, this doesn't feel like something that's going to help them all that much, but it's also, 
a little bit annoying that they're getting help at all. Well, Damo, we may as well just call this the Griffin Logue package because this is the the AFL's AFL has constructed a way for the struggling North Melbourne to attract players without having to give up any currency. It's it's essentially making the players that they're targeting, which there's a number of them. You know, there's Logue, there's Tucker, uh, who was there was someone from St Kilda, Hunter Clark. They're essentially making them free agents, right? But without making them free agents, which is what out of contract players should be restricted or unrestricted. But that's what the AFL is doing. They're saying these guys are uncontracted. We don't want to mess with you, your development, because you're so bad. So we're going to invent some picks for you to give away for these players. How? What's your initial reactions? Because I got a lot of thoughts on on this package and package and assistant packages in general. I have thoughts more about where those picks could likely end up rather than the assistance package themselves. I don't think a future second and a future third will satisfy the Dockers on the Griffin Logue front. Not that they can really complain because he's uncontracted. They can't hold him. North Melbourne can make an offer. And if Dockers don't accept it, he can get walked to the preseason draft. It's more that the future second and third picks are tied to North Melbourne's finishing position. So, it means that if they finish last on the ladder next year, there's not going to be a lot of difference between um, one club, between other clubs, draft picks for next year's draft. It's going to be if they have a shoot up the ladder because Alistair Clarkson has, has molded their system and they've become a more competitive outfit. It's going to be the clubs in that middle rung of the ladder that gets that that gets one pick later down the, the the order, and those middle rung teams are usually the ones that have to draft really well to either move up the to, to move up the ladder, or not not having the right draft pick could potentially send send them backwards because that's because that middle rung of the ladder is a, is a really awkward place to be. Yeah, it is. Um, so they get a future second and a future third, which they ha- they have to trade for players this year, which I think putting that restriction on is actually ridiculous. I think if you're going to give them picks, just give them the picks to do with what they will. They're essentially being told you have to bring in senior talent. The press release essentially said they the AFL was doing this so that uh, no one was punished for it, but they're creating 17 losers or 16 losers because I guess the club that trades for the pick um, wins and North Melbourne win. But they're creating 16 losers. It's the same argument with the free agency compensation. The draft right is supposed to be this equalization measure, which doesn't totally work. But in theory, you finish at the bottom, you get the best player, should push you up off, off the bottom. Doesn't always work that way. That should be sacrosanct. That the structure of that should not be tarnished and ruined and changed year on year on year. And we won't talk about it today, but academy picks and father, sons and all that, I'd, I'd scrap it all. But in this instance, the compensation or the priority picks, you're you're just, you're actually just creating 16 losers and you're affecting clubs that shouldn't be affected by your mismanagement and your inability to solve your own problems. There should be other means, whether it's the ability to play pay players outside of the salary cap or like kind of like Cola that Sydney had. Um, there should be, other mechanisms to attract players, which you and I have talked about many times, that don't affect the draft because the draft, when you change the draft, you add picks in, you're punishing clubs 
who have done the right thing and are doing the right thing. And as you say, it's not the top or the bottom clubs that get really affected by this. It's it's not necessarily the club that had that. So let's say North come last next year, the, that pick that they have to trade is pick 19 um, or pick 20, whatever it is. It's not the guys at pick 21 and 22 that are going to get hurt. They'll have a, a group of players that they know they're going to target. It's exactly as you said, it's those middle order clubs, the ones that are actively trying to better themselves that are going to be are going to be punished. I just think it's I just think it's crazy that we haven't found a better way to try and help clubs other than ruining 16, 17 other clubs time. All eyes on how that assistance package is used during the trade period. We assume we know how it's going to be used, but um, all eyes will see if there is some sort of way that it is that that is made more attractive for the clubs that um that it is being traded to. Well, Damo, just one other quick thought. It would I know this would never happen. Wouldn't it? The competitive advantage. It, all other seventeen clubs should get together and go. We're not going to trade for these picks because they can't use it. Like they, the picks disappear if they don't get traded. Right. The smart thing to do would be all seventeen club other seventeen clubs to go. No, we're not going to trade for those picks. Now, that won't happen because it only takes one to get greedy and say, okay, we'll trade for those picks because it's free picks for them. But if the AFL was serious, the AFL clubs were serious about, you know, stopping these competitive advantages uh, or affecting their own competitive advantage, they should all band together and just say, no, we're not, we're not trading. We're not trading. These picks don't actually exist. Do you want to know who actually benefits from this assistance package? And it's not even North Melbourne. It's the team that trades for them. because Yeah, 100%. Because the team that gets these picks get pick 20 and pick 39 probably yeah like pro pro probably so though and for, for free as well so they will not only have their own four or five selections in next year's draft but they will also have two picks at the top of the second round and third round that they can use in whatever they want to do next year so that whoever that club is that gets these picks, you can see them being fairly active either in the trade space or in the draft space. And they could have a hand that could set up their club better than this assistance package has assisted <laughs> North North Melbourne. Yeah, no, it, 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 I agree. It's and And because they're not North picks, right? the value of them to them is nothing because they don't exist. It's very similar to the Gold Coast concession where they, what did they trade? Like pick 19 to Geelong who are at the top of the ladder. They just get a free hit at a first rounder. And it was because Gold Coast didn't value the pick at all. So it threw the whole, it skewed it out and they just took a low ball deal. And and I, I fear the same thing's going to happen with North, right? The picks are meaningless to them. So in an open market, a second and a third could get you a very good player, right? They're going to move them on potentially for like just just anyone because it's of no consequence to them. So I agree with you. It's benefiting the club that gets it, and if it is a, a club that's already at the top, you just and they also get now two really good picks. It's just going to all build on itself, and you're just strengthening the top. Now, hopefully, it goes to a middle order club or a lower club, but we know it's not going to. We know it's going to go to a top eight club. I think we can move on from that. I think we've spoken about the oh, assistance package. It's just frustrating. Enough. Um, just quickly, Bobby Hill has requested a trade to Collingwood. You'd imagine that that would get done pretty easily. There's not a lot of haggling that needs to happen there. 
No, GW is saying they want a second rounder. He was a second rounder, and I don't think he played this year, so I, I can't see that happening. I think he'll just get to where he wants to go, and it'll that one might drag out a little, but he'll be going. Josh Dunkley has requested a trade to Brisbane. Now, we've got a listener question to go along with this news from SC Mama, Supercoach Mama. Where does Josh Dunkley fit in to the Brisbane lineup, and does he become more or less Supercoach relevant as a result? My initial reaction was uh, any chance of Zach Bailey becoming a, a super coach relevant player breaking out is gone. That was my first reaction. Uh, maybe you see a Zorko retire. Seems unlikely at this stage, but maybe you see that. Um, uh, maybe Jared Lyons. It's gonna. I don't know where the effect is going to happen, but it is going to happen. Uh, he Dunkley might still be a very good score, super coach scorer. Lockie Neal is going to continue to be a good super coach scorer. McCluggage is going to be continue to be a good super coach scorer. It's going to be like maybe your Lions or your Berries or your Rainers or your your Zach Baileys who who I think are going to be the ones to get hurt. I think he potentially will still be super coach relevant. Uh, maybe his price will be too high now. Um, but if he if he retains forward uh, status, will you be looking at him? I think now I'm going to. I think I'm now going to avoid him because I don't know what position he's going to line up in. And we saw Chris Fagan move that midfield around depending on the matchup throughout the finals. So he might not have the same position every single week. And we could see a Luke Beveridge sort of situation happening where the midfielders aren't the same mix depend on um, for every week because it depends on the opponent that they're coming up against. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, for Dunkley's sake, I hope that's not the case because that seems to be, reading between the lines, the reason he left the Bulldogs is because he was unhappy with the uh, inconsistency of positions and game plans and all that sort of stuff. So for his sake, I hope not. But I, there's going to be a lot of trepidation. He's not the easy selection that he was at the start of this year. Darcy Tucker has nominated North Melbourne as his preferred trade destination. That should be a pretty easy trade. I don't think the Dockers will stand in his way with that. Uh, Jack Bowes and pick seven. Uh, There is potentially a salary dump happening here. Now, the AFL has come out and said that they will allow clubs to essentially buy draft picks by taking on players' salaries, so a salary dump, Um, and... The Suns haven't shied away from the fact that they could send pick seven along with Jack Bowes, who has requested a trade elsewhere. He doesn't. He hasn't requested a specific destination or a state, but he's requested a trade. Um, what would a trade for Jack Bowes and pick seven look like, and where would he likely go? Because we know the Suns are interested in the likes of Ben Long, who has requested a trade to them. Could we see that being a swap where... Um, Jack Bowes and pick seven heads to St Kilda in exchange for Ben Long? Or how do you see this trade playing out? Yeah, there's a few layers to it. Um, The first is I don't believe in the AFL you have to salary match like in an NBA, right? In an NBA deal of exchanging of salaries has to pretty much all the time has to be within a, a percentage of each other, right? So they have to be close. So often... 
clubs will trade one player who's on, let's say, 30 million and is a good player for a bad player who's on 30 million and a first round pick, right? So that's what we're looking at here. Uh, before I get into what the deal will look like, I think Demo, if it's pick seven, they're attaching to Jack Bowes <clears throat> because, and by the way, of course, the AFL's are now allowing salary dumps officially now that the last two years Gold Coast has needed to do it. Um, but if they're attaching pick seven to him, they're setting the market for the value of a first round pick now being attached to a bad salary. You'd hope he's on about a million bucks. You'd hope they back ended his deal and really, really overpaid him, Damo. Because if it's less than that and you're giving up pick seven, now I talked about not valuing your assets because you're getting you've got so much assistance and other assets, so you don't need to worry about it. He has to be on close to a million bucks. He has to be. Well, you have to remember, Gold Coast have a massive draft hand this year because they pretty much accepted every future second round selection last year that, that was being handed to them. So they pretty much dominate the second round of the draft, which um, because the last two years of underage football has been hampered by COVID, all these players are real unknown prospects. I think apart from maybe the top 10 that people have been talking about. So it looks like Gold Coast are really preparing to attack that second round, that those 20 to those picks that will be in the 20 to 40 range rather than sitting themselves in the first round to, I don't want to say get disappointed by not getting the pick that they want, but sort of just sitting themselves outside of that because they know they've got such a strong hand later on in the, on the, on the draft night. Yeah, it's a good shout. And they probably also ex- expecting a top 10 pick to come in, in for Isaac Rankin as well. So who knows how that shakes out, but I'm guessing they're assuming that. So anyway, back to the the Jack Bowes. Jack Bowes and pick seven. It's gonna it has to be ideally, I mean, I'm saying this ideally, he'll end up at like a, a like a Geelong where he's competing for a flag straight away. In theory, it would work really well for a developing club because they can eat two years of shit salary and if they know they're not going to attract many free agents or don't need to re-sign too many superstars, gives them a free hit at a top 10 pick and then they get to develop that player for two years. In the meantime, Jack Bowes is potentially a best 22 player. I think he's reasonable. He's just in a role that uh, is not... How do we say this? There's plenty of players who can play his role So and there's plenty of players who can do it for cheaper. But anyway, you eat his salary, you get pick seven. As you said earlier, if it's to St Kilda, I think you'll see, yeah, Ben Long... And maybe they'll try and hide it a little. Maybe they won't make it as obvious and they'll go Ben Long and a third round pick for pick seven and Jack Bowes. I don't know, something like that. But um, yeah, it's going to be, I really would love it to be as blatant as pick seven and Jack Bowes for, you know, a future fourth as uh, as our friend Patch would love. So Rory Lobb requested a trade to Victoria. We... Talked about that in a previous trade-io. Um, Fremantle denied the request and are going to hold him to the final year of his contract. Um, update to that is Rory Lobb has now missed subsequent meetings requested by Fremantle. So if Fremantle were going to turn around and say, okay, fine, we'll trade you, he's pretty much blown it by not by not doing the team thing and, and returning to the club for further conversations. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um you know, no one forces the players to sign these contracts. Uh, you, a contract is a commitment. I love the hard. I love the the club 
um, standing firm and he's a professional and he needs to do his duty. And if he does want to get out there, I don't think, you know, this, if this reported attitude is the one he's bringing to the table, that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is you, you work with them and, uh, and try and move positive, move forward positively, knowing that you might not get to leave, but he's contracted them. So his job is to play for the Fremantle football club. I don't think the trade doesn't get done, but I don't think he's helping himself by not continuing the, the conversation and not acting in an, in an amicable matter, uh, ma- manner, right? Rather, so um, I don't. I think the trade happens. I think he gets what he wants eventually, but he's not making it easy for himself by, you know, by not playing ball with both sides of the fence here. Yeah. No. I... It works both ways, by the way. Uh, when Adam Trelaw was essentially ousted by Collingwood, despite them extending his deal a year before, said the same thing. They signed the contract. They need. They can't just force him out. It's the same thing from both sides. If you've got the contract in place, you need to work. You need to work to that contract. There's the only reason that he wants to leave is because a he's probably worried that. If he has a down year, he doesn't get as much money next year. And B, he's clearly already got an offer that's way worth way more money on the table. And that's why he wants to leave. Good on Fremantle. I hope they don't trade him. Some list changes have happened since the last episode. So Luke Brown has retired from Adelaide. Uh, Mitch Robinson has retired from Brisbane. Looking forward to his tweets uh sean higgins retires from geelong zach sprawl jared brander and jake steen have been delisted from the giants and we connor blakely and joel weston have been delisted from Fremantle. we had a couple more moves as well i don't know if i had did we talk about this last week that the brown brothers were delisted from collingwood i can't remember if we did isaac chug and liam mcmahon also delisted uh and from West Coast, Hugh Dixon, Tom Joyce, and Jackson Nelson delisted. Jackson Nelson's unlucky. If you can play a hundred games for a club before the club realizes that you're not that you don't have the tools, I think you've done a pretty good job at keeping them guessing. Um, it's, it sounds weird to to say that, but not many players can reach a hundred games and then get delisted. No, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um... And maybe maybe he gets picked up as a delisted free agent. Maybe he, like he's not an amazing player, but as you said, he got to a hundred games. Like it's very strange. And we 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 didn't make enough big enough deal about this. But Rip Jardo Bradner, uh, very sad to see him go from GWS. And flashback to West Coast demanding that someone trades for him, um, even though they'd already publicly said that they were going to delist him. GWS held firm, picked him up in the, I think it was the preseason draft, can't remember, and then have gone, oh, wait, no, West Coast was right. Yeah, let's delist this guy. He had some really good games in the VFL for the Giants, though, so I think it's purely come down to list balance with that he's been delisted. Yeah, these at this stage of the year, I always think it's interesting because obviously there's a whole team of people involved in list management, but I always think it's interesting when a a new coach comes in and like Jardo Bradner was only on that list for one year. New coach comes in, might just be coincidental timing and he's immediately gone. I just think that's interesting. Um, and that's why I think it's 
and I think we've got a question coming up about that demo, but it's interesting to watch what's going to happen at North, what's going to happen at Essendon, what's going to happen at Brisbane when there's some question marks over some coaches, some coaches. You mentioned the questions. We should get on to them because we've got a couple. Um, we put the tweet out. What did you want us to answer or talk about on Tradio? The first question comes from Mardo. We love Mardo. Mardo did some great stuff for us in the preseason, looking at midfielders and all that. Um, he wants to know who's coming to St. Kilda. All these players are leaving, but there's no talk about who's potentially coming to St. Kilda. Um the answer is we don't really know <laughs> where we could make assumptions and we could look at the tea leaves and see what we can read, but we don't really know. Um, I imagine they would be in the conversation for this Jack Bowes and, and pick seven though. And I, I think, I think they should be putting their hand up and trying to get to the front of that queue. Uh, historically, they haven't been able to land free agents. So when you get an opportunity to bring in talent, i.e. pick seven, um, paying a million bucks or whatever it is over or 2 million bucks, however much it is over the two years is a way to do that. Um, and he's not a bad player. He's not a bad player. I, I can see him lining up in their best 22. They do have a few players to come back. Uh, Caulfield, uh, Jack Hayes will come back at some stage. Uh, Jack Billings didn't play a heap of footy this year, if I'm remembering correctly. So there's a there's a bunch of question marks. Um, but I don't. I'm I'm confused by their list, Damo, because they seem to have youngish talent on there and guys that on paper I really like, but they just don't win enough games and. I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what they need uh, and I don't know how they're going to get it. I think getting pick seven and Jack Bowes would be a great start though. When I look at the St. Kilda list, I see them having a really good spine. I see them having a really good wing combination. I see them having some really exciting half forwards and half backs, but they don't have that exciting small forward and they don't have that tenacious half back or full back that can shut down the opposition's best player. So I think they're missing just a little bit of a little bit of class to to complement their best 18. I think once once you can seriously talk about them having a best 22, 25, best 28 even that's when they will start to compete. At the at the moment they've got a pretty clear best 18 but it's those extra four positions on field that people aren't really sure about. And then, and then how deep that 20 and then, then how deep the playing list goes beyond that. Yeah. I'm just looking at their list now. Uh, the start of next season, Tom Campbell will be over 30. Seb Ross will be over 30. Jimmy Webster will just, just about be turning 30 and Bradley Hill, if he's there, will be just about turning 30. The core, like part of their list, is is not bad. Brad Crouch, Tim Membry. Um, I I really like Jared Leanart, um, Jack Sinclair, Jack Billings, Rowan Marshall, Jack Steele, Callum Wilkie, Dougal Howard. These are all names I like. Um, it's the under twenty fives where there's some question marks. They found one in some in Windiger, Windhager, and uh, Wanganine Malera, maybe Machito Owens as well. Um. But under 25, outside of that, it's like Max King, 
Nick Caulfield, is he going to come back and, and be healthy? Hunter Clark is, well, he wants out apparently. Jack Higgins is solid. So I think it's an, it's an interesting list where I think a lot of their talent is a little bit older than you think it is. And that talent coming through isn't blowing my socks off. But a, a good a good draft haul this year. And if you can bring in Jack Bowes and pick seven and go to the draft with, I'm not sure what draft picks they have. Um, I don't have that in front of me. Uh, professional draft order, St. Kilda. They got pick nine. If they go in with like a pick seven and a pick nine and pick 27, you hit those draft picks and the whole, the whole list looks a little different. Absolutely. There's uh, this off season will decide whether they, shoot back up the ladder or fall back down again. And um, so there's some interesting decisions that need to be made at St. Kilda this off season. Um, we won't get into the specifics of the report from earlier in the week. We will strictly talk about it based on this question that has come from this person on Twitter. Um, will the report from earlier in the week have any effect on Hawks, Lions, or North Melbourne getting their trade targets. My thought, I'm interested on yours, Damo, is that it won't affect the targets coming in. I think uh, I think those players will have essentially set set their mind and, and decided they were coming. Um, it might affect players going the other way. There might be a couple of extra players we haven't heard about yet that put their hands up and say stuff this I'm out uh but no I I I broadly think that from a like when you look at it break it down from a business perspective if these other clubs that are offering the most money to these players the likelihood is the players will still come in uh AFL careers aren't long you got to make hay while the sun is shining but uh, it's yeah I mean it's not a happy thing is it what, what do you think is it going to impact anything to be honest, North Melbourne is probably the one that stands to lose the most if anyone was to turn around and say, I no longer wanted to go there, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, there is reports that some players are potentially got, are potentially changing their minds, but until that actually happens, we have to assume that these clubs will get what they want, but um, it might take a, it might take a little bit more than a little bit more con- convincing from their side of the fence to, to get it done. Yeah. And I mean, this is going to sound harsh. The other thing is people move on real quick from as horrible as the reports are in every sport. There's something comes out. People move on really, really quickly um, and kind of try to pretend it never happened. Like you look recently, semi-recently Collingwood had not the same accusations, but had to do their do better report, um, which is around, you know, racism and indigenous players and all that sort of stuff. And Bobby Hills requested a trade to go there. He's a proud indigenous player. So things move on pretty quickly. Um, So that's, that's all I'll say. We don't need to go into the details. That's all I'll say. We're pretty much through on everything that we wanted to talk about today. We'll finish off with a fake trade like we always do. Um, I've got one here that I prepared earlier. What do you think about this, Dog? So Adelaide receive Isaac Rankin, 
Jack Bowes and pick seven. Gold Coast receive pick five and James Rowe. Uh, uh, hang on, I need to write this down. <laughs> so Adelaide get Bowes, who we are viewing as a negative asset, right? He is worth essentially minus seven first round, like minus seven positions in the first round draft, right? So he's negative. They also get pick seven and they get Isaac Rankin, who is a positive. And they lose pick five. And what else? James Rowe. I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. So Bose is worth, <laughs> I can't process this. I don't even know what Rankin's worth, man. Like if it's, if it was Rankin for pick five, right? Let's say that in isolation, is that a tick Rankin for pick five? I think pick five will have to be used to get that trade done in isolation. So do I think Isaac Rankin is worth pick five? No. But do I think pick five is what will have to be used to get the Isaac Rankin trade done? Yes. All right. So we think pick five and let's say a sweetener, which is James Rowe for Isaac Rankin. That trade is good. But then you're also throwing in pick seven and bows for essentially nothing. Bose's bad contract picks. I think this actually works, this one. If you break it down into its core pieces, it just took me a while to get there. It feels like it could be realistic. On paper, it looks dumb as hell. But when you break it into its its individual parts, I, th- I think it does actually make some sense. I think the biggest one that stands out to me out of that whole piece isn't the pick seven isn't the Isaac Rankin it's Jack Bowes does he want to go to South Australia he hasn't actually requested a trade to a specific destination you just know he wants a trade well that's where the salary dump will fall down for the AFL because obviously players can don't have to go if they don't want to in the NBA you can just send Russell Westbrook in theory and a first round pick to the you know Sacramento Kings, and this won't happen, but to the Sacramento Kings, and he just has to suck it up and go and live in Sacramento. In the AFL, that piece will fall down because you have to have buy-in from all parties. So if Bose doesn't want to go to Adelaide, it falls apart. I think based on on paper, on paper, it's it's probably actually a reasonable deal, right? So Adelaide lose two positions in the draft, and James Rowe, who's not even contracted, and they gain let's say $2 million a year in salary. One of that is positive salary in Isaac Rankin and one of those negative salary in Jack Bose. It's, it's actually a pretty fair deal. You just kind of convince everyone. Okay, so this fake trade gets a fake thumbs up. The issue with this segment, Demo, is that I could talk myself into everyone, <laughs> every single one we read. And I have. I don't think I've, I don't think I've said no to one yet. I think I think once you pull the pieces apart, you start to be like, yeah, all right, this trade's all good. But yeah. when it's said, but when it's put to you at, without all the pieces pulled out one by one by one, 
you say no pretty much straight away until you break it down. So I think it's a no on the surface, but a yes once you once once you break it apart. Well, the, mate, the best part's going to be as soon as the that final siren goes on Saturday for the grand final, we're going to have like 18 mega trades coming across our desk, and I am so excited for that. That's where the fun, that's where the real fun begins. I can't wait for those mega trades to come through on the podcast because it will break everyone's brain as we try and pick our way through them and uh, and understand how they all work. Who's your tip for Saturday? I'm tipping the Swans by 11 points. Norm I'm Smith, t- Isaac Haney. Yeah, nice. I'm tipping Geelong by 23 points. I really want Sydney to win. Um, and my oh, – I hadn't thought about the Norm Smith. I think if Sydney win, Errol Goulden's going to be the sneaky Norm Smith. But if Geelong win – I mean, they just—they'll give it to Danger or Selwood, won't they? They'll give it to Selwood. They'll give it to Selwood. Then he'll retire. It'll be a happy story. Anyway, go the Swans. I'm tipping the Cats, but I want the Swans to win. All right, community. We'll talk to you next time on Tradio. See you later.